I'm calling this podcast The Outer Layer, but it's really the sequel to a blog I wrote called Why Are Church People So Mean? And you can check that out on bigviewsmallwindow.com. This outer layer can be a superficial layer, but it can also be an inner hard layer, which I'll go into some detail about. The deal is, is that in the battle to kind of belong in a certain church or with a certain body of believers, you're going to have to let God work on you through that process. Don't get offended. Don't leave too soon and don't leave offended or your process will start all over again in the next place you go. A few years ago, I was sitting under a pastor who preached really strongly about community and forsaking not the gathering. That is Hebrews 10, 25. Most Christians will know that verse. But this pastor preached really hard about coming to church every time the doors were open, being present in the services, the gathering, the gathering, the gathering. And I'm an avid churchgoer, but it even threw me off. So for somebody who is there most of the time that the doors are open, it kind of gave me a little pushback in my spirit. There was a little bit of, I don't want to say rebellion, but if there's no other word for it. So there were certain services that just to test the waters, I did miss some services on purpose. Not the main service, but I didn't come to all the classes and, you know, so I just, I, I wasn't trying to impress anyone not the pastor, not the not the associate pastor, not the the ministry teams. I wasn't trying to impress anybody by coming to church. I from the beginning of my walk with God, it's always been about his presence and so I go where he is and I think that church attendance is a conviction of saved people. And so obviously it is my conviction to be there. But for people who are not born again, uh, they're not going to have that conviction. So this one morning when my pastor was preaching real hard, right, about just being in church, I think I, I lifted my hand because I was in, in the class. This was a Sunday school class. I lifted my hand and I said, so what do you do when you meet someone who won't come to church? What if, you know, what if your invitation fails? And, you know, shouldn't evangelism be more than just a church invitation? Now, this is how I'm remembering the conversation going or the question that I asked, how I remember it went. And so I don't know that I articulated it the best way that I could have in the moment, like I'm doing for this podcast. But I asked something to the effect of, well, you know, what's the tool in the tool belt for when we when we run into a person who is not going to step foot inside of a church? And this was the lead pastor, and he actually deferred to his son to answer the question, who was the associate pastor at the time, and had him answer the question. And I don't fully remember what his answer was, and I don't remember it like fully, I don't remember it fully answering my question. And so I just kind of walked away with, hmm, you know, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. It wasn't a question that I was asking because I like needed the answer as far as I was lost in what to do. Um, but it was just more or less, I wanted to get their feedback in particular. I hadn't been in that church for very long, maybe, you know, four or five months, six months or something by that time. That same day after church was over, I ended up meeting a lady who had been in a Christian church before and was now involved in all this pantheistic practices where she still believed in Jesus Christ. She thought all roads led to God and 
you know, so she took a little bit from the Dalai Lama. She took a little bit from the Quran. She took a little bit from Buddha. She took a little bit from here and there. And she did a little bit of astrology stuff. You know, she was just kind of all over the place because she had been hurt by the church. And she was someone that no matter how many times I asked her to come to church, I knew she was never going to come. So maybe about three or four times I asked her just to test the situation, just to see if that kind of evangelistic approach actually worked, just inviting people to church, but it didn't. And so what happened was I just became friends with the woman. We worked out together. We took walks together. Her daughter and son-in-law lived above me in the apartment complex. And so, um, or soon to be son-in-law, I don't think they were married by the time they moved out, they were engaged, but essentially these were just people who were living their lives and going to church was not um, at the forefront of their week, you know, Sunday and Wednesday nights was, you know, that just wasn't their thing. And so I met this lady and I was able to be friends with her. And I actually texted both of my pastors and I said, there was a, there must've been a reason I asked you that question because I just met this lady today, like an hour after church got out. By the time I came home, I met her and we had a deep enough conversation for me to know that she did not do organized religion. And then of course, um, you know, she was not in covenant with God. So there wasn't really any reason for me to keep pushing that issue with her. Here's the deal with church attendance, right? Hebrews 10, 25, we know that verse. But the one right before it, Hebrews 10, 24, talks about thinking of ways to stir each other up to good works. And so the purpose of gathering in church is not to glorify the gathering. It's not to glorify the building. It's not to glorify even meeting together. We should be glorifying God, and it's about the presence of God. When believers all get together, in the same place it's so that they can legislate it's so that they can encourage each other it's so that they can do the will of god by sending up prayers by sending up worship sending up praise and they're being we're being intimate in the same space together worshiping with other people is a very intimate thing and so it's all about fellowship and it's about family but it's also about accountability and trust and truth and so there are some people who are just you know not going to be in in covenant with God. And so that's not their conviction. Now I did meet a man today who I'm going to call John because by the the end of the conversation, I did not get his name, but John the Baptist was the character in the Bible that I came up with for him. So I did meet a man today. I was going on a hike and, um, uh, I just want to say kind of a long story short. He was actually a believer who hadn't been in church for a while. Uh, there was some situations that had gone on in churches and he felt that the truth was not being preached. And sure enough, the examples that he gave me indicated that he had been places where things were being compromised. And I just understood that there were incentives that seemed to be in place with why the men and women he had sat under in their leadership and they didn't want to preach the truth anymore. You have to take the story with a grain of salt because you know, I didn't get to meet all of the pastors today. I just met the one man that sat underneath them all. And then this was his perspective. This was his story. And so he's out hiking on these mountains. I've been to this park several times and I've never seen him before, but all of a sudden it was a divine appointment today. But I think the divine appointment was all his. I don't know that it was mine. I was taking my time getting out of the car and all this jazz, but He said he'd been hiking on those mountains for a couple of hours and he felt like God told him to go back over to this one mountain one more time and then he met me. And so we started talking about 
you know, being born again and what that means. And, and we got all the way out to the place where I couldn't get him to tell me where he worshiped, where he gathered or anything like that. And so he's out handing out gospel tracts. He's sharing, um, Christ with people and he's just doing the hardcore evangelism thing. He is doing Matthew 28, 19 through 20, but he's not doing Hebrews 10, 25. Now at this point, because he is a believer, I had to push on that a little bit. I had to ask because he he said he was hungry. He said he was still searching for that. So of course I invited him to my church by the time it was over because it felt appropriate to do that. He wasn't someone that didn't do organized religion, but he just had an opposition to being submitted to a pastor and going to a church where the truth was not being preached. And so, like I said, long story short, I'd I, you know, we had our conversation. It was maybe about 20 minutes long and I was able to give him examples in the, in the Bible of, uh, people who had come through some pretty hard situations where their leadership was just subpar. And one of those is Samuel prophet, priest, and final judge of Israel who anointed Kings two of, uh, two of Israel's first Kings, but he came up under the priesthood of Eli and Eli was a wicked man. He didn't discipline his sons. Like it was, it was a horrible situation, but somehow Samuel was able to consecrate himself and still come out and, and lead a nation of people until the Kings came along. So that was another example. Also, by the time I walked away from this man and we had, you know, talked about his issues that he had had at several churches. When I say several, I mean like more than 10. And so at that point, you kind of get a pattern of wandering that may go on and you're just going to find something wrong and you leave churches. So I just, I just said, you know what? You're like Elijah hanging out in that cave And the Lord is telling you that there are 7,000 other of his prophets, his people who have not bowed a knee to Baal. You need to come and check out my church. And with that, I had to leave them where it was because I had something else that I had to hike up the mountain and pray about. But there are people who know God and people who don't know God, and they have this aversion to being in the church. And I think the reason why is because there's this outer layer and uh, what I'm going to call the outer layer, what I'm describing is, is the spiritual and emen- uh, emotional, mental, relational. There's like this wall that has to be passed. It has to be penetrated before you can see into the hearts of the people, before you can feel like you belong. This wall should not necessarily be there, but because we are human, it's, it's just kind of there. Now, sometimes this outer layer is not something that people run into right away. You can walk into certain churches and it's friendly all the time. But when you start to move into like leadership positions or if you start, you know, moving into space where people may feel like it's reserved, then you can hit the wall even after you've been there for a long time. And so if you get into that place where you're close with people who are in leadership positions, you're having dinner with them, you, you get to see, you know, a more... Uh, I don't want to say secret, but just more of a private life of a leader, then you can start to look at them a little bit differently. I keep my leaders at a distance that I believe is appropriate. I don't put them on a mantle. I don't praise them. I appreciate them, but I'm really listening for the Holy Spirit to speak to me through them. So this outer layer, um, it can be sometimes, uh, you know, superficial um, or other times, you know, uh, like I said before, it may take a while uh, before you you bump up against this. Sometimes when you're walking into churches, you may feel isolated. There are going to be clicks. There's going to be rejection. But here's the thing. If you go to church for God and not for the people, 
you can pass this layer uh, and no matter how much time it takes, if you hang tough and you know that God has called you to that place, you will eventually break through. When I first started going to my church, um, it's pretty big. It's a decent sized church. It's not mega or anything, but it's, you know, a small service is 200 people. That's a small service. And so when I first went to this church, it was no big deal that it took a year for me to meet up with anybody or talk to anybody. I actually wanted to stay hidden for a while because I had just come from a place where all of these expectations were on being there and serving. And make no mistake, these those same expectations are at this church too. But I was thankful that no one was coming up to me point blank and expecting this for me within my first 90 days of being there right? So we want people to come to church, but we want people to know God. And one thing that this man said to me today, he said, well, for him, church was like the first stop as if he had graduated from it. And all of a sudden wandering around mountains and just handing out gospel tracts was the next level. And I said, no, people really shouldn't start with church. People should start with their Bible. And so if you're somebody who wants to know more about God, I don't necessarily recommend going to church as the first thing if you've had church hurt in the past or if you've had, you know, situations that have affected you that have have involved spiritual leaders. If there's pain there, there's hurt there, you really don't want to carry around offenses because that offense is going to pop up no matter where you go. But if you're already outside of the structure of being a part of the body, but you are willing to know more of God, then the first place you should go is the Bible. And if people can get to know God before they get to know the people in the church, then that's the order it should be in. That will make a lot more sense. But if your only relationship with God is that you've just been in church your whole life, well, then what's going to happen when the church can't resolve your issues? What's going to happen when a decision has to be made that you disagree with? What's going to happen when someone compromises? Are you just going to fall away because a leader compromised or because you see some sort of acts of indiscretion? So our relationship with God has to be foundational and it has to be center, even when we're hanging out with his people in the church. Now, For those who I've asked the question, what's your relationship with God like? Nine times out of 10, I always get the answer of, well, I haven't been in a church in a while. And so no one one ever really responds with, well, I haven't opened my Bible in a while. So I think what has happened in this generation is that we have made church attendance so much like God that people are evaluating themselves and and their and their relationship with God based on their church attendance. And don't get me wrong, church attendance is is a work. It is it is an outward expression. It's keeping covenant. It's being with bodies a body of believers. And it is something that we're supposed to do according to the New Testament covenant. But we can't just make church attendance the key central thing because there are some people who are religious and they do well by coming every time the doors are open, but yet they're empty on the inside and they don't get any closer to God by being there. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Uh, Be in prayer. I'm calling him John. The lady that I met several years ago, her name was Linda. I don't know where she ended up, but I really do hope John uh, comes to my church. For one, I need to learn his real name, but 
he just kind of reminded me of John the Baptist, you know, minus the, the camel hair and honey and all that. I'm sure he had a better diet and better clothes than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he just was, he was, you know, he is trying to do the will of God, but he's trying to do it on his own. And he is missing the point of uh, submitting himself to a shepherd. We are in some pretty turbulent times right now in our nation. There are, there's shaking going on in lots of different places. No one can afford to be doing, you know, Christianity on an island. The God, the Lord is gathering people in. He is, he is putting people together. He is matching, you know, the gifts that he put into a person, into a congregation that needs it. And so when God is drawing you towards his people, he's drawing you closer to himself. He's drawing you into the fold. You just need to make sure that he is foundational and that he is at the center and that you are willing to follow God no matter where he tells you to go and let him be the reason for everything, including why you attend church, including why you work your job, including why you married your spouse, including how you raise your kid, whatever. Let God have every single part of your life. You won't regret it. But don't put your hope in the church. The church is people. We are the body of Christ, uh, but Christ is our head. So you put your hope in God and you'll never be disappointed.